diplomatic row between Canada and India continues, as you know. Uh, protests held in a number of Canadian cities yesterday outside of uh, Indian consulates. Um, the government of Canada updating their travel advisory for Canadians visiting India, warning of anti-Canadian sentiment in some places. India, of course, suspending visa applications. Top diplomats have been expelled on both sides. Really nasty. At the heart of it all, of course, allegations made by our Prime Minister in the House of Commons that Canadian authorities have reason to believe the Indian government was involved in the murder of a Canadian in B.C. this summer. Prime Minister has assured Canadians these allegations were not made lightly, and I and I believe that. Not, not because I have deep, bottomless faith in our Prime Minister or or the Liberal government, but rather in the authorities that told him this, right? I mean, the RCMP, our intelligence bodies, I have faith in them and in the process that ultimately leads to our Prime Minister making these allegations on the floor of the House of Commons. So uh, the question of what will become of all this remains to be answered, but we can go back to the beginning and try and answer another really important question, and that is... Why would the Indian government, um, as alleged, murder a Canadian in Canada in what is undoubtedly a transgression of international norms of the highest order, right? I mean, this is just unheard of. You don't do this, which is why it's turned into such a situation uh, with many other countries around the world watching closely to see how it plays out. So why? Would the Indian government do such a thing? Let's find out. We're going to speak with Sushant Singh, a senior fellow at the Center for Policy Research in New Delhi, also a lecturer at Yale. Um, Sushant, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. It's, it's, it's great to join you. So before we get to work on answering the question as to why India would uh, go ahead and do what's alleged, the target of this assassination is central to the question and where he fits into things, right? In India's eyes, he was a terrorist. He was part of a quote-unquote terrorist movement that has found safe haven in Canada. That's where this all starts, correct? Yes, absolutely right. There has been a Sikh separatist movement demanding a separate sovereign state of Khalistan in the Indian Punjab, which had seen a very violent insurgency in the 1980s and the early 1990s, supported by Pakistan. You know, that was brought down very strongly by the Indian state by using security forces in which charges of human rights violations, you know, and a lot of other other unsavory things were laid against, were laid against India. Uh, in the mid-90s, that insurgency was quelled, and things have since normalized to great extent in the, in the Indian state of Punjab, which is the only Sikh-majority state uh, in India. But some of these, you know, uh, forces, some of these leaders who who since then emigrated out of India and yeah. Nijar, the man who was shot, uh, who was uh, who was shot dead, being one of them, have tried to raise the flag of Khalistan from outside outside India, especially uh, in countries uh, where the Sikh diaspora is, uh, is is substantial in number. And these countries are primarily Canada, the United Kingdom, Germany, and the United States. And so, therefore, you see the Indian government, particularly Mr. Modi's government, because it's a very Hindu nationalist uh, right-wing government, uh, taking a very strong line against these countries where such people still continue to canvass, although peacefully within those within those countries and not violating the rules of those countries. And like you say, we go back to the 1990s here, um, and... and um, uh, 
Niger, as you said, was very active in Canada, uh, organizer of a number of protests involved in the movement, uh, like you say, from afar. So th- this dispute with Canada's position on Sikh separatists has led to tension for years between the two countries. It's not like this just happened in a vacuum, right? Trudeau's famous trip to India, for example, five years ago, uh, was seen by many as an opportunity for, for Modi and the Indian government to actually embarrass Trudeau because of the Singh situation, correct? So there's, this has gone on between the two countries for a while. Oh, absolutely. Actually, it goes back even far longer. It goes back to, to Trudeau's father. Yeah. It goes back to the 1980s when the Indians were alleging the same thing and saying that Sikh separatism in India is being funded and supported very strongly by uh, from, from the diaspora in Canada because it has the kind of wealth and support that it can provide to people there. So this has been a long-standing grouse, but particularly under the uh, current Trudeau government, uh, this has been a major grouse. And uh, this has been a complaint which India has very strongly articulated the Indian foreign minister has been very vocal about it. The Indian government has been very vocal about it. And the way they have treated Prime Minister Trudeau when he when he visited India uh, was something, you know, it was a disaster of a trip, to put it very, very simply. And uh, the, uh, the differences between the two sides have been very, very major and have created tensions uh, that are not healthy. It's a very, very unhealthy, unstable, tense situation between the two countries. Uh, in the piece you wrote um, in The Walrus, you talk about um, another interesting component that I hadn't thought of, and that's, you know, if you want to call it a, another shovel full of sand in the gears here, um, Jagmeet Singh, another figure that is very, very contentious when it comes to the Indian government, now a formal signed partner of Trudeau in, in you know, whatever supply agreement they've reached. So that's yet another strike against the Canadian government in the eyes of the Indian government, right? Oh, absolutely. Jagmeet Singh is seen not only as a supporter of Khalistan movement, he's seen as someone who wants to break India, who's who's not who's anti India. India in fact has denied him a visa. If tomorrow Jagmeet was to become, let's say, a minister, it would be it would be very tricky for India to actually have him visit India. Uh, he is clearly a big red flag that the for the for the Indian government. Indian government is extremely uncomfortable with the kind of positions that Jagmeet has taken uh, and the NDP has taken, and uh, that is something uh, uh, which is also being counted against uh, against the, against uh, Prime Minister Trudeau. Uh, it is something that's uh, that's another you know red cross against the uh, against against the Canadian government in the eyes of Mr. Modi's government in Delhi. Right, so we've got well-established, long-lasting tension between the two governments. So we go back to the question of why they would take this step and carry out this kind of extrajudicial killing on Canadian soil. Modi is is an authoritarian, and there are other examples, there are other instances, right, of him sort of, if you want to say, ignoring the rule of law or, or overstepping, quelling different uprisings. I'm thinking of the farmers uh, in India not that long ago. So there are other examples of him taking an authoritarian stance on some of these issues. Oh, absolutely. It, it's a very authoritarian government. It's a, it's, it is a Hindu majority in government. It's an ideological project, which is not very comfortable with the idea of a religious minority like Sikhs. Uh, and the Sikh minority has been targeted in India, especially as under the, during the farmers' movement a couple of years back, as you just mentioned. And uh, this is something which does play out in this debate as well. Uh, for the Sikh community, politically and democratically, opposes Mr. Modi. Mr. Modi's party uh, is is a very is, is just not present in that state. It's a it's a very poor fourth in that state. And 
uh, and to somehow justify that why Sikhs would oppose Mr. Mr. Modi and the Hindus despite being uh, an Indian religious group. It has it can only be justified if you show that they are being supported from a foreign land and they are being misguided and funded and so on and so forth and therefore they are not Mr. Modi's supporters. It's an ideological challenge which the authoritarian regime of Mr. Modi, who has as his national security advisor and intelligence officer, who made his name was got awarded uh, for what he did against the insurgents in 1980s in Punjab you know, has has also contributed significantly to what has gone on with respect to Canada or with respect to other countries where Indian intelligence operatives had been either thrown out by the governments. Germany threw out someone in 2020. Uh, the British government took a very strong line in 2016 uh, against someone. And even the United States has been extremely uncomfortable with some of the activities that the Indian intelligence operatives have done in, uh, done within the country uh, against uh, supporters of Khalistan. But the situation for India on the global stage and their importance in some of the things that the countries you just mentioned, the United States, the United Kingdom, Canada, the things that, you know, what we would call Western liberal democracy is trying to accomplish in the face of China and Russia. India is a major player in that. So are they feeling a little emboldened um, by their position geopolitically, globally speaking? Oh, yes, definitely. There is a belief, a conviction almost uh, within the supporters of Mr. Modi uh, that it is the West which needs India more than India needs right. the West. Yeah. That may or may not be true, uh, but that's a, that's a conviction, that's a belief out of which large number of people in India are operating. And therefore, they think that they can get away with it. But to be very fair, the Biden administration has come out very strongly. The National Security yeah. Advisor Jake Sullivan came out and issued a very strong statement. Uh, the Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, in, in New York was even more stronger, much more categorical against India. So, you know, in some sense, uh, the, the Indians have been surprised at, at, at what the United States has said. Uh, although the British government and the and Germans have been silent and the Australians and New Zealand have issued a perfunctory statement of support for Canada. Uh, but the but the Biden administration provided intelligence to Canada and has taken a very very strong position, uh, putting India in slightly tricky situation, a slightly uncomfortable position. So, Sushant, where do we go? Uh, does this continue to escalate back and forth? Uh, one takes a step forward, the other takes a matching step, or will cooler heads prevail? Where, where do you think ultimately this goes? So, you know, things with, with time, things will cool down, but I think it would require political change in one of the two places, whether in Ottawa or in New Delhi. You know, if you have a Hindu nationalist government there, then there will be huge pressure on, on, on Canada. And if the one of the government changes, if you have a conservative government coming in, coming in Canada, or if you have a more liberal government coming in India, uh, th that could that could be one way in which things could things could resolve. The other way could be that because of the U.S. pressure and U.S. is a major power, India needs the U.S. to counter China. Uh, if under U.S. pressure, if Indian intelligence operatives, if Indian intelligence agencies decide to rein, rein themselves in, check themselves, and be more controlled, that then a new modus vivendi could be somehow found where. Where you know Canadians and other foreign governments would say that we would not allow very vocal pro-Khalistan protests by Sikh leaders, while Indian intelligence operatives would not cross the normal lines uh, that they are supposedly crossing or allegedly crossing uh, in these countries. Those are the only two ways in which I think uh, the situation could move forward. Interesting. Okay, uh, Sushant, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It was great.